You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. You can find The Local Bar, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia. You can also check us out, uh, PowerCast 97.9, especially if you're over there in uh, in the Missouri area. Uh, We appreciate uh, them having us on board. Um, We are actually, if you are a listener to Spotify, maybe you found us that way. Uh, PowerCast 97.9 is now on um, Spotify and iHeart and all that jazz in and of itself. So uh, you never know. Maybe on a Tuesday at 3, you just stop uh, this local bar and you may may catch it all over again. Uh, But we appreciate being a part of them, uh, being a part of their network. Some really good shows over there. Enjoy listening to all the stuff that they do. Welcome to show uh, 101. It's like we're starting all over again. Man, if only I could. Uh, I've got a, I've got a great, great interview today I want to get to pretty quick. Uh, very, very nice guy. Uh, someone that uh, I've, I've kind of secretly been following him, even though he's been, he's been a fan of the show. But there's something that caught my eye that, that he does. Um, and uh, I noticed it a while back and I've been watching him. Really, really happy uh, to have him on and bring him on here in just a little bit. And uh, just kind of nice to be back. Thank you for all the folks that uh, gave me nice uh, emails, sent them my way. Nice messages about uh, the show last week. It was kind of kind of different. Uh, show 100 was one that was really just a chance for me to reflect back and, and talk about a couple of things. If you missed it, go back and check it out. Um, I, I really kind of enjoyed doing that one. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, there's, there's something about, like, I, I enjoy doing the show on so many different levels. And uh, there, was, there was a neat feeling I got right after I was done with that show. As soon as I was done. Turned the microphone off, started doing you know the little bit of doodle editing that I do because I never really do real editing or the show would sound a whole hell of a lot better. And I um, I sat back and kind of took it all in for a second. <laughs> it was like, can you believe that this thing's been around for a uh, hundred shows? I you you think I'm kidding when I say that it was just going to be around for twenty? <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding at all. Uh, but thanks for being with us. If you want to drop us a line, chat at localbarmedia.com. That's where you can find it. Be a part of the show. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash localbar. That's where you can go do that. Uh, Facebook and Twitter at localbarmedia. And uh, we appreciate you being part of the community, part of the show. Thanks for all that you do and for all of you that are uh, a part of us. So I am um, I am, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to trudge into the new year. And I, I'm trying to shrug off all the stuff that I've been dealing with this past year. And it's hard. It's really difficult. And I, I started, you know, thinking to myself, well, I just need to start looking for for things that, that I can uh, kind of hang my hat on, you know, wins everywhere. Just something that maybe that I'm not doing, but maybe good people. And I'm going to kind of try to focus on on that stuff for a little bit. So I, I do like anybody does. I started with Twitter. 
<laughs> that that was a miserable failure. Start checking out other people's Facebook messages. Then I realized that the privacy issues now that we're having with Facebook, I'm worried people aren't really utilizing it the way that they used to. I mean, it's you can use it. You use Facebook to keep up with people. I heard I heard somebody say this today. I thought it was brilliant that using Facebook is like going to a, a holiday party. Like, you know, you're going to have to go to this holiday party. And you hear that this couple's going, and oh, my God, you can't stand this couple. They, they just grate your nerves every time you hear them talk and they're going to want to they're going to want to be argumentative and they're going to want to talk about the latest political stuff and you really just don't want to do that but you also know that you have to go because if you don't you're going to feel like you missed out on it so you you go and you really just decide, hey, I just, you know what, I'm just going to go and I'm going to I'm gonna hang out with my friends and catch up with my friends and see how their lives are going. Uh, but whether you like it or not, that stuff's going to creep in. That That's essentially what social media is for us now. You, you may want to go to see people's pictures of their kids and stuff, and it's nice because it is there and you utilize it because if you try to get away from it for a little bit, you, you feel like you missed out on something. But man, here comes that crazy couple with the tinfoil hats talking about chemtrails still, and you don't really know what to do. And uh, I, uh, I, I've, I, I saw that vitamin water. I don't know if you've seen this. This is great. Vitamin water is doing this promotion that if you uh, if you put down your smartphone for a year, I guess you just go to a flip phone, and and you've you've got to find a way that you can document it. That they'll pay you like a, it's something like a hundred grand, I think. And at first, I was like, well, I'd, I'd do that. But, I mean, do I, have to, do I have to give up texting, too? I really don't want to go back to that flip phone way of texting. Do you remember when you used to have to press the two three times in order to get the, the C to come up? And the, that was just such a, that was just nasty. Back when we all paid $350 for those awesome Razor phones that were just pieces of garbage. <laughs> oh, this garbage. It's such such crap phones. Mm. So anyway, I uh I was uh just looking around. I was looking around for some wins somewhere. But uh inevitably I go to Twitter and um a lot of my Twitter uh, Twitter is a place that I do follow a lot of political and sports stuff because eh, they go together now, right? That's just what we do. That's that's the that's life in America now. And uh, I I came across someone that made me think that I didn't expect to make me think. Um, and it was it, over the past twenty four hours. I've I've had to put a lot of thought into something that this person tweeted. And I normally don't. I'll, I'll share with you something. I was I was having a conversation uh, with someone who listens to the show recently, and they 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 know that I I just skim over the political uh, landscape uh, a good bit. Every now and then we'll delve into it, but I'll, I I like to just kind of just go just right over the heads of it. Uh, we'll talk about stuff that everybody understands, but I try to take it in a different way. And one of my friends asked me, is like, you know, why, why do you have this disdain towards politicians? All right. I, I, I at least owe it to you. So you understand the, um, the principle that I have when it comes to politicians 
and um, it gives it'll help you understand a little bit more about where where this these opinions are coming from. I think it's, I think it's fair for me to be a little bit more frank about this. Uh, this this is something that was uh, presented to me when I was in college by a uh, by a professor who back when you know back when we used to teach civics when we used to have that. I don't think it's the thing we have anymore. Um, we had this discussion. It was actually I was actually on a basketball uh, road trip, and this professor liked to come along. And she was uh, we were sitting somewhere, either at dinner, or maybe at the bar, or something like that. And she was her husband was bringing some friends in, and we were um, they were all going to go out to dinner. And uh, I, I was just catching up with her, I think, because I missed a couple of her classes. And we got into a discussion about about politics. Uh, this is in the nineties. Okay, this is uh, this is Bill Clinton as president. This is this is where we are. Okay, and um, she said something to me about how I'm, I'm going to really dumb this down. That uh, there's, there's the philosophy that she had was that uh, our 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 politicians are never going to be our best and brightest. They're just not because they're all marketing people, and uh, the best and brightest understand that in the private sector there's more they can do and there the sense of uh civic duty is something that's not really there plus uh, and, and this is like another sidebar that she had so many of them especially at that time and, and and quite frankly today too are lawyers and um that's a good chunk of change to get uh by being in like you know the house of reps or be, or even in the senate and and yeah, just grab that chunk of change while you're up there. Come back. You know your your practice is doing even better now because you can take fewer clients. But because you're, I mean, you're you're big time, and uh, you can bring on different partners. You know, we can we can go into how all that works out. But basically, what she was saying is it's uh, it's really good to get into it. It's great marketing. Uh, people will make sure you stay there. The idea that we fight against career politicians. I don't. I wonder now. Um, if I said that in front of a group of millennials, if they actually actually would know what that means, nothing against them, but I think that that's all they've ever known are career politicians. Like that, you get in and you're in forever, and that's it. Like Uncle George Carlin always used to say, "It's one big club, and you're not a part of it." And that that's essentially what happens. So uh, we can write our Congress people, we can protest, we can do all the stuff that we want to do, but they're really not listening. Um, and they've learned what to say to get reelected, and they really don't have to do what you want to do. Now you can, we can, we can debate those points, but I think we can all agree that we understand that politicians, when they're on their platform and they're running, they're maybe going to do half, and that's a really good representative is going to do that. Um, but I also understand that we're a representative republic, and so we get who we vote for. So, so I, I'm not. You know, Trump drives me nuts. Uh, I've been very upset that he's created, and I and I do put it on him. It's the others' fault for following, but Trump has created this idea that I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm going to tweet, and people are going to love it, be huge, and I'm going to say whatever I want to, and they're going to have to listen, and that that's fine. Um, if you're running, maybe I I don't know. It it maybe it's a good move. But we look like children on Twitter, and I hate watching our uh, political leaders in this country. While I do not believe they're the best and the brightest, no matter what that, 
Who's the lady from Hawaii? She drives me nuts. What's her name? What's her name? Ah. She was doing an interview the other day, and she she was saying about how difficult it is for Democrats to uh, to talk to their constituents because they're you know the Democrat leadership is so intellectual and they're and they're very smart and they have a hard, they have a hard time reaching their. I'm like, gee, can you think of yourself any higher? Give me a break. Um, but. I don't like, like, it's fine if you're not the best and brightest. It's fine if you're really in it for yourself. I don't think we really, do we really expect that much from our politicians personally? No, I don't think we do. We expect the group to get something done. But I don't really like watching them react in in certain ways. Right before I, I got on the show tonight to do some stuff, and I had some problems out here in the studio, and then I started the show, and it got, screwed up uh so i took a second and i looked at twitter i think lindsey graham basically wrote an open letter to trump on twitter because trump had called out lindsey graham this this is what we're going to do it used to be a joke i used to make jokes all the time that yeah i get my news from facebook and twitter every morning and people would laugh that that is the norm now (laughs) i mean that's what we do and that's the kind of news we get is bickering on Twitter, it kind of drives me crazy. All right, I don't want to get too involved in that. I just I want to make sure that you understand my my approach towards politicians. As I've said before, if you have a politician, whether it's national or local, who would like to come on and talk to me about about what they want to do, I will have them. But understand that I am a person that doesn't believe that they really have a sense of civic duty. They try to sell you that crap, maybe on the local level, but they try to sell you that crap so they can get in there. And then they're part of the club. I, I I really do like. I think George Carlin's right on that. I I absolutely believe that's what it is. But I I had to pause today on that train, and and take a step back, and wonder if if maybe part of that is my negativity towards so many things, and I need to not make sure that's not um, uh, being projected in other areas. As I've stated before, I've gone through a very negative time in my life. And uh, the whole year has been very tough. And as I'm trying to come out of that and I'm trying to get on the positive side of that circle and do all the things you're supposed to do, you know, at the beginning of the year, before February comes around and you realize all your resolutions are crap. I did a show about how I never do resolutions, I think. I'll have to go back and look up that one. Um, But I did. I did. I, (laughs) I did come across someone. All right. Let me not beat around the bush. Ocasio-Cortez drives me insane. Like, I know people love her. She's this She's this young representative who went up against a Democrat. We'll, we'll call him a stalwart. The guy had been around for forever. She did a, a very good campaign. A, a lot of excitement. A lot of energy. A lot of dodging questions and in interviews. <laughs> a lot of not really backing up the stuff that she was going to say with facts, maybe. But she did, in all honesty, run a, a wonderful campaign, got elected, I think in a landslide. I mean, she, she kicked their butts. You know, she really did. And she's the, she's the one that goes around preaching socialism because everybody... I guess that age and younger, when they hear socialism, they think Switzerland, not what socialism really is, like Venezuela, 
<laughs> like, like they don't they don't they don't really get it and that's fine you want to debate me with what socialism is that's fine just go go on about it we, we don't need to get into that so I, i'm not a big fan of hers but i'm not a big fan of hers not just because i don't like her ideas i i would love to sit and discuss that with her and when people and i'm not saying fox news people i'm saying cnn who, who's the dude for cnn they kept asking her how are you gonna pay for it and it was the worst dodge she might as well have started the hillary clinton coughing thing um Anyway, she, she, she drives me nuts. So, you know, not long after she get, gets elected, she gets on there saying that people are calling her out about her clothes and I can't believe people are being mean to me and whatever. Just stuff that's like, ah, come on. Is it like You're not the first person that's ever been in Congress. And are people, I don't know, are people really doing that or is this just kind of an act? And then there's the whole thing about where she obviously did not know the three branches of government. Uh, she kind of got that screwed up. Didn't make her look too good. So now, now obviously, somebody has taken over some of her tweets. <laughs> uh, I, I hate, I, I would love to go into the things about her that just really grind my gears, but but I won't. But I'm going to tell you something. She tweeted something, is either this morning or yesterday. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. That made me pause. It made me stop and think for a second. It was from the least likely of sources. I would have never thought that something that she said would really be worth my time to pause and think about. I think it's really important that we talk about it. As a matter of fact, a major part of it goes along with this young man that I'm about to bring on. Jay Miller's uh, been uh, a part of the local bar media family uh, in the background. I've watched him. He and I have shared uh, a couple of ideas back and forth. I have uh, delved into a lot of his stuff that he does. But I really like this guy, not just because of what he does, but because of his outlook towards where he thinks his purpose is. It's it's something that I think uh, is it's it's perfect to bring up here at the end of the year, and he's uh, he's just one heck of a nice guy uh, with a great attitude and something that's very very positive. Just the perfect person to have on the show. Uh, more on uh, uh, Representative Ocasio Cortez. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm talking about her on my show in just a few. Uh, but next, here's my interview with Jay, and I will see you on the other side of the break. From the start, they're in our kissing heart. They had the elegance of a loaded gun. Beneath the dark and distorted layers, lay the answer to rock and roll prayers. And in their wake influenced everyone. Let's give it up for the underground. Turn up and they would turn down. Walk around like they own the place. Put a smile on a warhol's face. The black angel never let them down. Rachel would have been proud, but she was busy waiting for her man. With me this week uh, is a cat that uh, it's kind of funny. We have met over Twitter. He has been a supporter of the shows we have over here at uh, Local Bar Media. I've uh, really appreciated uh, kind of getting to know him. We've, we've kind of gone back and forth. I'm really interested in some of the stuff that he does. 
I think uh, a lot of you will be too, all the way from the other side of the country in San Diego, California, where it's 73 and sunny every day, Mr. Jay Miller. Jay, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, and I'm, I'm a little bit north of San Diego where it's like 95 and hell on earth, but <laughs> it, it's fine. You know, I can just go 30 minutes south and be all right. Uh, I got, yeah, you, you still can get to paradise. It's only a quick car ride to get there. So, uh, so Jay, you know, you've, you, you and I have met through Twitter. Um, you've been following the, the shows now for a little while. Um, I've been looking at your stuff. We've never had the chance to talk before. Uh, but I wanted to, to bring you on. I, I'm really interested in anyone who does any kind of productivity coaching. I know you're really big into the tech world. Um, I know you've had some other crazy stuff going on. See that you've just had a baby just recently. And uh, while you're trying to start your businesses up, you're trying to, to raise the family and all that. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your days are like. I mean, as a guy that's starting his own projects and families, how do you keep everything organized? Well, it's, it's quite simple. You see, I still have a day job and, uh, that, that has been the big question of like, how do I, how do I get out of that? So I can spend more time with family and more time on, on the business. But yeah, for the most part, it's, it's the nine to five from nine to five. And then when I get home, I, I, you know, hold the baby. I got this little wrap that I put her in and like, she just sits there and she works with me and I'm sitting there on my iPad or my laptop, just plugging away, writing code, making connections trying to get people like you on podcasts and and yeah <laughs> nice you so you so working in working in the tech world um and and working with you know a lot of what you do the marketing you do through social media um or or just through outreach um all the coaching and things that you do how did you get involved first of all into the tech world i i know you i know you've got some roots over here in south carolina what what took you out to the Silicon Valley area, what was it that was the the drawing factor for you to get you down this path? Well, unfortunately, Uncle Sam told me I had to go, so I didn't really have much of a choice on that one. <laughs> gotcha. But, but yeah, I was a, I don't know, I was a 18 year old college dropout that had been living on my own, trying to be a rock star, and uh, that didn't pan out. But after a while, I joined the Marine Corps, got to live overseas for a while. I, I did computer stuff. I was a systems engineer. Uh, in the Marine Corps, and then I got stationed in San Diego, and I met my wife. I actually met my wife in Japan, but that's a whole other story because she's from L.A., but, you know, again, long story. Met her. She wanted me to stay in San Diego, so we got married, and I've been here for six years now. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you said you went to college for a little bit. Uh, was that over here in the Carolinas? Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to Macon State College in Macon, Georgia. In Georgia? And okay. That was... I know, I know that college. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. All right. So, so there, then the Marines and then, and then out that way. Now you, you, you do a lot of product uh, productivity coaching for, for tech in the technical world. Talk a little bit about what exactly that is. So one of the things that you notice with people in the tech space in general is one, we're just really bad at everything that we do. Um, we abuse Twitter by staying on it 24-7. Uh, we love email. and We live in it with thousands of emails and all that stuff. All that stuff that, are, that normal people are just like, what is wrong with y'all? And uh, I actually fell in love with productivity after I got out of the military. You know, the military is kind of regimented. It, 
they tell you when to do everything. You know, you don't really have to think. That's how I made it as far as I did. Uh, but once I got out and I got a real job, well, it's not a real job. You know, I got a job. And they were like, yeah, you know, this stuff's got to get done. Hop to it. You're on your own. Figure it out. And I was just like, I haven't had to figure anything out for five years. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> so uh, I just... I just started reading on stuff, and uh, I think one day I was I was at my breaking point. I, I was like, I just swore I knew my review was coming up. I was about to get fired. I I just knew it was like it was all gonna fall apart. So I made three lists, and one was called "Do This or You're Fired." The other one was called "Get Someone to Do This or You're Fired," and then the last one was "Whether You Do This or Not, No One's Gonna Notice." And I basically just started doing everything on the first list. I started asking other people to do the stuff in the middle. And then I just forgot about all the stuff on the third list. And I learned that, Hey, there was a productivity name for that. And then later on, I was like, Oh, what else can I learn? And just started learning and learning. And I realized really soon, just after working with other communities that I wasn't the only person that had this problem. Um, So I, I started jumping in and out of communities and, and I started noticing a lot of people with the same problems. So I did what everyone else does that's normal and started a podcast, started an online community and said, hey, I'm going to make a run trying to help people be more productive that are just like me. It's funny that you that you mentioned that. I, I, I've done some work with some folks in the tech world and, I, and I'm amazed at the drop off in productivity uh, from some other areas that, that I've I've got the chance to do some consulting in. And it's a, it's amazing with all these folks that have all this information. There, there's almost it's almost like there's this lethargic approach they have towards it. Maybe maybe kind of what you're if I'm if I'm saying this correctly from what you're you were stating, they, they may rest on their laurels a little bit with that. They think that that's that's all they've got to do. Why is it that you think that folks uh, in the tech world seem to kind of have that um, that sense about them? Well, what is it about people that that go into that space? Where they should be probably uh, the the as far as the the economic cost of anything because of the amount of information and the speed they can do it. Why does it seem to to drop off a good bit with them? So usually, I, I think one of two things happens. Either for the last twenty thirty years, you've been expected to produce five units of something, and now you've got brand new tech guy who has some brand new gadget or gizmo that helps you to do twice as much. And that's great. So now you start relying more on that gadget or gizmo. And, you know, that's awesome. Except for if you really invested the time into it, instead of doing twice as much, you could be doing five times as much. And uh, there's a, there's a principle. It's like the 10 X, you know, developer or whatever. I personally don't like the idea because I think that what I want to do in my life is I want to work on getting them the five in a third of the time and then using those other two thirds to enjoy the other areas that make us productive, like having a healthy marriage, having, you know, a good life balance, being able to make sure I'm, I'm, you know, cooking the right stuff, working out, playing with my daughter. Um, what we've learned is we can do more. So we tend to want to do more. And, and I often tell people like the people that I coach in productivity, it's, it's usually not that you're not doing enough, it's that you're trying to do too much. And if we can just figure out how to have people dial it in and say, you know what, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm happy with what I've done. And now I'm going to address these other areas. Cause I mean, that's what, that's where burnout happens. You sit there, you spin your wheels doing all this stuff. You're working, you know, 18 hours a day for 
three years and then all of a sudden you're like wow what happened with my life you know you you know you feel like your life is in shambles and then you come to work and you're all pissed off there and you don't want to do anything and unfortunately developer coaches don't teach you how to manage that developer coaches will teach you how to write more code how to turn 10x to 100x i've i've made it my goal to just kind of fix that and like stop talking about ones and zeros and stop talking about lines of code and actually start focusing on the person and what's going on in that person's life and help them gain more control in that the whole picture not just the code part well it's interesting that you say that about um that they're doing too much not that they're not getting enough done I um I, I see that I see that in myself. I mean, I like musicians. You you know this. Musicians are notorious for doing this, but the reason is usually because we know how hard it's been to get an opportunity. So we don't really want to say no to something. When you see people spread themselves too thin, is it because uh, they have so much opportunity and they're scared that it could dry up? Or is it a matter of, well, I like doing this in this one job, but there's a creative aspect of me that wants to do this. Are they, are they having a hard time finding everything that they're looking for in that fulfillment, and that's why they reach out? Absolutely. And, I mean, that's the that's the real problem is, is, like, you know, we're doing too much of stuff that we're not, you know, fascinated with. And, and we're doing it all for that, that 10,000 hours of practice to, to mastery. You know, everybody says you gotta, you gotta keep working at it, working at it, working at it, working at it until one day you're at the top of the ladder when most of us, you know, would hate it there. You know, one of the things that's funny is two things here. One, I, I wound up being a corporal in the United States Marine Corps at the E4. That means there were five other ranks above me. And I had the opportunity to get promoted more, but what I noticed was the people that were continuing to get promoted hated their job and started hating because they weren't doing what they were, you know, getting paid to do before. They were huh. doing other things. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is we're always trying to chase, you know, the next big thing. You know, I, we were talking beforehand and I said, you know, I, I dropped out of college and I wanted to be a rock star, right? Well, I mean, I played guitar for, you know, eight, nine years up to that point. I wound up going to audition at Georgia State for their music program and got accepted, but not on a scholarship. So I wound up not going and, and then got to play with a couple local bands in Georgia. And they were like, Hey, we need to do like five shows over the course of two weeks. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm going to be on the road. Be touring. <laughs> yeah. And then I did it and was like, this rock star life isn't for me. Cause like now that I've tasted it, it's like, I'm, um, I'm either drunk, asleep, or playing. <laughs> and, right. you know, as, a, as an 18-year-old, that's not the best way to be living. Right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds fantastic. But then you get into it and realize that, you know, the people that do this for a living have a manager that handles all this other crap for them. And, and, and I, don't, I don't do that. Um, we, you, you and I were talking before the show uh, about some of the uh, mutual friends we have. Uh, some of the the mutual interest that we've got. I was I was listening to uh, the morning stream, uh, Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett show that they do every morning on the Frog Pants Network, and uh, Scott was talking a little bit about he went uh, yesterday or the day before I can't remember to a local university up there in Utah, and um and spoke to the students uh, just about entrepreneurship as far as you know getting involved with uh, podcasting. 
and and he got an in, a couple of interesting questions, or at least he got uh, some insight into what people were 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 wishing for. And you heard a lot of people uh, in the classroom bring up big time names on YouTube or uh, folks on Twitch that had, like like Ninja, the the guy that's a billionaire off playing Fortnite, or guys like PewDiePie, these these people that have come out to do video game um, podcasts and have really just I mean they're on some other unworldly level. And one of the things that Scott said is that uh, there's is, is twofold. Number one, what he said is that there's um you know they've already done it. So there's other levels, though. There's other places of involvement that you, you can get in. And then he also went on to say, if you're doing it for fame, you're, you're going to burn out. If you're doing it because you want to entertain people or because you enjoy it, you know, you, if success comes, so be it. But, you know, you do this stuff because you, you want to, to entertain people or, or for enjoyment. I bring that up because it seems like for for my generation that was around when the tech boom really started. I mean, like the internet came out when I was in college. I mean, the e e I got my first email address in college, not in high school. And it, we we watched all these people like the like the gold rush move out west to start this uh, life in IT. Now, there's you still can have an absolutely immensely wonderful life. That's very successful in a lot of different areas. But I get this feeling that a lot of people go into tech because tech sounds incredibly sexy, rich. There's all this lavishness that comes with it. And then people start working in a call center or they start working for IT for a company and they, they get burned out about it. Do you see a lot of that? Some folks that have unrealistic expectations and they don't realize the different levels when they get into that? Is, 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 my, is my perception at least close on that? No, you're, you're 100%. And, and, you know, it's funny that you know, I started doing pit, like stuff with, you know, productivity in tech like three years ago. And before that, I was doing stuff with productivity. And before that, I was writing a blog on productivity. And it took me those three years just to, to not even be known, but to be like kind of known, like 100 people know you. And, you know, that was like the coolest thing ever. And then when 200 people knew you, you were like, oh man, like, oh, it's awesome. And then one day you have like a, a panic attack because you're getting closer and closer to those people that have tens of thousands of people that know them. And you're like, well, dang, how come they have tens of thousands of people that know them? And <laughs> yeah. I only got 200. And and that, that that's the entire race. That is like, like you said, it's, it's a celebrity game. Like people are looking at the tech field as, I can be the next Elon Musk. I can be the next Jeff Bezos. And they got to remember that like Jeff Bezos was working out of his Honda, you know, for a long time right. when Amazon was getting started. And, and Amazon was operating at a loss for several years, almost for a decade, I believe, until they were finally profitable. But the thing was, they, they were just doing it. And, and like Scott said, if you're doing it for the fame, you're, you're going to burn out. Can I, can, I take, like, can I take you in like a three-minute tour of what the history of Pitt has been? Absolutely. I, yeah, it, it I love it. make a lot of sense with this. Yeah, do it. So it started with this idea. I was listening to a ton of podcasts. I think like right now I'm probably subscribed to about 140 podcasts. I don't listen to all of them. I definitely don't listen to every single episode. Um, I just kind of 
let them come to me and I, I pick what looks interesting. But at one point I was a completionist, man. I, I literally podcast running 24 seven. I would fall asleep to podcasts and wake up to podcasts. And the thing that I learned was that, you know, in the early days of me listening to TMS, I was just like, man, they're always talking about these people that are chatting and, and, you know, they're, they're making comments in the chat and stuff. And ATP has, you know, they make tens of thousands of, of downloads a day. And man, I want something like that. And I said, you know, I've been on this productivity thing for a while. I'm going to just start doing a podcast. And I'm, I'm recording out of an apartment with like this, this cheap microphone and it sounds all crazy. And I'm literally just like throwing out on Twitter, like, Hey, I want to do a podcast about productivity for developers and stuff. Who wants to be on it? Right. And what I found was I found people that were in the exact same position that I was in that were trying to get, you know, something happening. And they were like, yeah, I'll be on your podcast. Yeah, let's do it. I, you know, this sounds great. And after a while, I started doing all that stuff, and I was like, man, you know, I'm putting a lot of work in this. I need to make some money off this. So I started, you know, I did the Patreon thing, and I was making like $10, like a, a episode, or $10 a month off of it. And I was like, yeah, $10, you know, at least I'm paying for the server. But, there you go. Yeah. but what if I did a newsletter and all this other stuff? And and then I was like, well, you know what, let's let's figure it out. So I started a membership thing and, and did the membership thing and had like, I think at the prime I was making just enough to cover all of the costs and then come out with like $20 in my pocket. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm making $20. And then I, I had a couple of conversations with some big time celebrities in the tech space and in the productivity space. And I had them on the show and talked with them and they both said the same thing. They said, you know what? You're really good at talking. You should, you should look into speaking and coaching because you know how to coach people. You, you have the military background. You can lead. You got all this stuff. You could make a lot of money doing that. So then I said, you know what? You're right. I want to help people by coaching. And I said, well, how much am I going to charge them? I know what I'll do. I'll give it to my members. And they're like, well, how much are the members paying? Oh, 10 bucks a month. And they're like, no, 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 no. You got to charge $150 a month, $150 an hour to coach. And I was like, wow, $150. I can't, man, that, that's a lot of money. And, but you know what? If you say so, let's do it. Let's just, you know, we need to rebrand. We need to do all this stuff. So we dropped productivity and tech and we picked up productive developers and I dumped the old site cause it was buggy and breaking all the time and put the podcast on hiatus. Cause it was like, well, you know, I can't focus on this and, and, you know, try to make money coaching. And, and then all of a sudden a month goes by and I get one client and another month goes by and I just have that one client. And then another month goes by and then that client's not calling anymore. And I'm like, you know what? I miss doing it the old way. Huh. I miss just being excited to to chat with the people that are, you know, trying to come up as well. I miss being able to just help people for the sake of helping them and not trying to, you know, be a millionaire off of it. So then I said, you know what? Screw this. And this is also around the same time that, that a few things happened. One, my daughter, like you said, was born. And then two, I got diagnosed with ADHD social anxiety, and uh, what's called vasovagal syncope, which means that if I laugh too hard, I can pass out. And they took my driver's license from me the same day that my daughter was born. That, that same and day? Think, the same the day same your daughter day, like, was born? The day that we came we came home from the hospital on the – my daughter was born on the September 11th, and we came home on the, the 13th, and sitting in the mailbox from the 11th, 
was a notice saying that my license had been suspended. What? And I'm and what a kick. New dad mode. I'm just like, what do I do? Like, like what right. can you do? Yeah. And and I just realized, like, something just hit me. Like, I remember when it was so simple back in the day when I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to do my thing and and just make, you know, just enough, just enough. And something crazy happened. My that original client wrote me a, the last check that they still owe for that invoice that I sent them. But they wrote it to the company instead of to me. And I had been operating without a business license. So I'm sitting there like, well, dang, I got this check that I can't cash. Right. What am I supposed to do now? So what I did was I basically said, hey, look, I'm going to I'm gonna start a business, but I'm going to do the business my way. So, And and you gave me permission to pimp stuff. So this is, this is what <laughs> I do now. Get right ahead. So developers are, you know, it's great. But... Every, every developer started out as a student, someone looking for that first job, someone in that junior level job, someone at that call center level job. And I can tell you now, those, those people can't afford $150 an hour. They can't afford $150 a month. So what I did was I cut that down to a quarter. I charged $45 a call. And, and this is the difference. I have, I have what's called hyperfocus. It's part of having ADHD. Have you ever been so caught up in something that everything else just tends to kind of disappear. Yeah, sure. I, I do that with people's problems. So when someone comes to me and says, Hey, I can't figure out how to, you know, balance this, this, and, and this other thing, it eats at me. And I spend the next three or four days doing research, trying to figure it out. And then at the same time I go, Hey, here's all the research that I found let's talk about this and see what we can do further on. And by the way, all of that work plus the phone call that we're going to have is only $45. And if you need another phone call, it'll be another $45. And if you talk for five hours, it's still just that $145 because honestly, I enjoy doing this. And for me, it's fun. And it's so rewarding to see other people who are just happy that that little thing that they were having a problem, that little thing that was eating them up inside, they got it figured out. And that became the business. I said, you know what? I can do this in my spare time. So people want to talk to me. People want help. Shoot, you know, fire away. Let me know. We'll set up a coaching call. You know, it'll ask you for $45 when you set the call. And then from that moment on, I am literally the person that is so obsessed with your problem until it gets resolved. And then after that, I'm just worried about the next problem. It's it's amazing whenever I come across folks that that do any kind of coaching, um, it, it seems to be something that, uh, that we need more of. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of different types of coaches out there, but especially for this this market that you found and it is it is a big thing for you because you've lived the life because you've gone through it because you've dealt with that. Um, I'm I'm going to start from nothing and kind of work my way up. What what in, where is it that you really enjoy it? I mean, tell me the moment where you're sitting there. Is it like is it when you get a client, or is it when you help them overcome that that problem? What is walk me through what that feels like for you? So I, I think the thing that that always kills me is when I get a message from someone that's been in the community since day one. I call them I call them my day one. And I, I do this thing where I reach out to them at least once a week. I, I literally have, like, in my task manager, contact this person. Like, text this person, get them on Slack, and do whatever you can to talk with them. 
And I do it because now they're friends. And I think that is, that is the most rewarding part when, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout-out to a good friend of mine. He's a pilot. Um, his name is Jimmy Reach. He's actually in North Carolina. Okay. And uh, he, just, he just celebrated, a, I believe, a 10-year wedding anniversary. Wow. wow. And, you know, this, this is the kind of guy that, you know, when I when – he was one – I think he was patron number two. When I, when I opened up the membership, he was the first annual subscriber for the membership, and I literally had to keep Pitt open long enough to make sure that he got his money's worth. <laughs> and then, I, then I shut it down for a little bit. Nice. And then when I, when I told him, I said, hey, you know, I'm bringing Pitt back, the old school, the old school Pitt, you know, the way it was. He goes, dude, where's the Patreon link? And I was like, the podcast is even out He's like, I don't care. Where's the link? And, and I literally told him, I said, I'm not doing Patreon this time around. I'm doing like, if you like what I did and you want to give me a couple bucks, give me a couple bucks. Here's the link. And immediately he, he put in, dropped some money in there. And I was like, dude, you can't, don't invest in something that's not here yet. It's like the worst investment <laughs> advice ever. He goes, dude, I just believe in what you're doing. And wow. every once in a while, I'll get an email from, from another one of those, those, you know, day ones. And they'll be like, Hey, I saw this guy on Twitter. Uh, he looked like he was having a tough time. Maybe you should go talk to him and he'd be a good coach for you. Or, or, Hey, this person over here was, you know, they, they mentioned something about getting a new job and trying to get it all balanced. And, I sent him your email address to, to get on for coaching like that. That is what I wanted. I wanted that community. I wanted those people like, like what, what the front pants guys have. I want what the, the night attack guys have. And, and I'm, I'm big fans of, you know, and I've been listening to them for years, just like you have. And, and I don't care if I don't make money helping people. I've helped people my entire life. I'm, I'm only 29 years old, and in 29 years, I've served my country. I've been a pastor for a homeless community. I've been on top of a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of different organizations. I've helped build communities. I've helped build podcasts. I've helped with Veterans Affairs. Currently, at my day job, I, I just picked up the role of veteran liaison. So we're doing some work for the local military bases out here wow. at my day job too. But and it. Is people wonder they like how how can you keep going and doing all this stuff for people and, and I tell them because at the end of the day I see their face or at the end of the day I get to see a smile on some you know or and just knowing that like I made a little bit of an impact in someone's life whether it was for an hour a second or a lifetime I've impacted people all over the world I've had little Thai kids in Thailand on deployment say like hey. You're a brown, you're a brown skinned guy. I'm a brown skinned guy. You look like you got it together. I'm in an orphanage. Maybe I got it together too. Maybe I can pull myself out. And like, when something like that happens to you, you don't care how much money you made that day. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 super cool, Jay. I mean, that, that that's really neat, man. I'm 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 very, I'm very impressed. Not only in the energy that you have. But that drive and desire to help out other people, um, I, I think the work you do is fantastic. I, I believe in what you do as well. I've enjoyed following you and, and seeing what you've got, you've been doing. I can't wait to see what you're going to do with the podcast and things moving forward. If people want to find out more about you, where can they reach out and where can they find out a, a little bit more about how you can help them out? So right now, if you go to productivityintech.com, that's all one word, Productivity Intech. Um, there's a, there's a little placeholder site right there. that says, you know, we're coming back soon. And there's a place where you can sign up for the newsletter. 
that newsletter is just me. It's me, you know, doing some automation stuff because, you know, I, I do my automation stuff. It's, it's me talking about some productivity stuff. It's me sharing links that I find interesting. And the biggest thing is it's going to let everybody know the day that we have that first comeback episode. And I've already got, you know, a bunch of people lined up and hopefully I'm going to have uh, someone else from local bar media lined up in a few minutes to, to come back on another call to do a, do a podcast on mine. And, uh, and you know, it's, if you go there, you'll find, you'll find it. And if you want to just follow me on Twitter, I'm at KJAY Miller. Um, honestly, if you talk to me, you better have some ears to listen because I'm, I'm going to want to know, you better just be ready because I'm going to want to know everything about you. I'm going to want to know like what you, what you want to do in your life. I want to know what your, you know, your dream goals are and I'm going to write it all down. And then one day, three years later, you're going to get a message from me that goes, Hey, this is kind of like what you wanted to do back here. You should totally check this out because that's the kind of person that I am. And it, it's not a brag. It's honestly a problem because my wife is like, yo, it's three in the morning. What are you still doing up? And I said, well, well, someone, <laughs> I got to <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. Listen, I, I, I really do dig what you do. I, I love your style, man. And I, I, you know, we need more people like you out in the world. Jay Miller, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I really look forward to, to hearing the new podcast. We'll be sure to let the listeners know whenever that drops, but thanks so much for spending time with us today, man. You're very welcome. And thank you for introducing me to, uh, to Don Merkel. Cause, uh, ah. I've been I've been listening to that for a minute now, and uh, it, it goes on repeat a lot in my house. <laughs> well, good. To, you know, we almost we almost cut a live album back a, a few months ago, and we we didn't do it. And we should have done it, but I tell you what, um, I've been recording some of the um, some of the live shows we we're doing. I'll be sure to throw throw a few your way if I Don, Don will be happy to know that man. But I'll, I'll throw a couple your way, man. But uh, thanks again, brother, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you soon. Absolutely. Take care. Let's see you. I want to say, uh, uh, first of all, thanks to Jay for, for being on the show. Uh, what a breath of fresh air. Before I get to that, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say to to anyone who came out to see Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths at um, uh, Jack of the Wood in Asheville last week. We, we had an absolute blast at that show. It was a different show. Um, if you're there, you, you, you saw what happened. Uh, we, we, we were sans a couple of members. And... Um, Don basically had to put up with the uh, some of the biggest smartasses in the band, <laughs> and uh, it was it was a wild time. We had a great time with the crowd, uh, a lot of back and forth. Uh, Kevin and I were in the crowd a good bit, uh, egging them on as uh, Don was up there doing a little bit of solo stuff. It was a it was a good time. Uh, great crowd. Jack of the Wood has always got some of the best crowds when we go, and we really enjoy that place. Great. Uh, great drinks, great, uh, great food, but some of the best damn service too. They're, they're, they're so nice there. We really have a great time. And uh, just want to say thanks to them again. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, Jack of the Wood up in Asheville. They are great. We play up there uh, very frequently, and I am super glad that we do because that is just a great, great place and great crowd. Um, Jay is uh, Jay's, Jay's my kind of guy. 
I like him because Jay's got these uh, this very positive outlook towards him. Jay also wants to be around folks and get to know people. Jay wants what's best for you, whatever that is and whatever that looks like. Jay is a guy that you can tell is pulling for you. Jay's a guy that I would love to be my neighbor. Not only because I'm sure we'd have a great time talking, hanging out, drinking beers, probably cooking some dinner, grilling some steaks, watching football, doing all the stuff that you do. Uh, but I also know that if I had a problem, if I had uh, a tree limb fall in my yard and I needed a truck, if he didn't have a truck, he'd help me find one. Like he's, he's one of those kinds of guys. You know, I'm not saying everybody's got to be the more, most resourceful person in the world, but having people that have that drive and that desire to do better for themselves, sure, but better for the people around them um, are the people that I really like to surround myself with. As a matter of fact, you'd be hard-pressed to find a guest on this show uh, that is that is not that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say it's they're not as rare as you may think. Um, but it doesn't hurt to have as many of them in your life as you can because I think it makes you better. It makes you want to be like that. Jay said some really cool stuff in that interview um, when it came down to the coaching aspects of things. You know, when he was talking about how if you want him to help you, he's going to want to know everything. And I, and I like that because so much of what we do and so much of who we are, a lot of it, it comes from some other place in our life. You have a bad time at home, it's hard to have a good day at work. You may, but you've, if you do, what you've probably done is separated your two lives, and there may be an, an unhealthy divide there. Like there's, It's great when you want to look at someone and say, okay, so what do you want to do? Well, you, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying you got to tell this guy your, your personal and deepest, darkest secrets. But it's great when people are, are saying, well, you want to do this? Okay, well, um, let's talk. Do you, do you have the time? Yeah, I got the time. All right, so tell me about your day. Tell me about your week. Tell me what you're really into. You realize you don't have the time? <laughs> you know, it, 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 I'm just throwing out an example, but it's great when you can be around people that want to do that, that want to be involved, that want to see you know, where you are in your life so they can help you streamline things. I completely dig that. But there's an aspect of that that I think is something that uh, goes missing a lot. I, I've done so I've done coaching uh, for like five years, and I uh, I do it very infrequently now. Uh, like at a job that I once had, I did it constantly. And um, one of the one of the things that I would tell people, especially when I was dealing with um, with sales reps, is that there's a line where people say you you fake it till you make it. Um, the truth of the matter is you, you better never fake it because people know when you do. And when you fake it, you are now moving backwards. You're not looking good. One of the things I really like is when sales reps go in somewhere and they say, um, I don't know. Let me find that out for you. As a matter of fact, I, I just here's some of Chad's sales tricks 101. Um, I may have mentioned this before. But if you're in sales, write this crap down because I'm, I'm about to give you some pearls here, okay? Even if I know my products and services and I'm in a call, I always find one question to say, oh, you know, I don't know, but let me let me check on that and, and, and I'll find back out for you. 
Now, it's not. It's never a question that you know they, they could close the deal today, but I love it because now, guess what? I already know the answer. I don't. I don't have to go do any extra work. And when I come in next week, hey, um, I needed to get with Doc real quick about that question he asked me. Oh my God! Suddenly, it's not a cold call anymore. It's magic, magic. Magic with questions. I mean, it's it's such a simple premise. There's nothing wrong with saying you don't know. It's it's a good thing. It it, it helps you be better. But the people that fake it, uh, you smell it on them, and you're like, yeah, you know what? You're full of crap. Forget this. There's a there's a there's a part of that though that that I found over the years. It's just almost impossible to teach that. People either have it or they don't. You know, I've I've ridden with hundreds. Not thousands, but hundreds of sales reps in my life. And I've watched them walk in to offices and they look for things and they look for, oh, I see you went to uh, Carolina. Yeah, I'm a Carolina fan too. Oh my gosh, I see your pictures over there of y'all up at the Asbury Hills. I, when I used to go to Asbury Hills, I loved it too. And, and I've seen people try to make those connections and sometimes that's really cool. It's a good thing to do. There's something that really humanizes, humanizes us. Whew professional podcaster here, humanizes us whenever we have those kind of conversations with folks. As a kid that's moved around, I, it's a question I ask all the time, where are you from? And people think that's strange, but where, where you're from and, and how you answer that question already tells me a little bit about you and your personality type. It's just, just I, I could do a whole show on that. But I, I, I like doing it. It's just a question I ask. Some people think it's funny that I ask that. Um, nine times out of 10, it really does tell me a lot about somebody and where their comfort level is with me. Um, but there's something th that people miss. And, and I've tried to tell sales managers this before when I, when I work with their sales reps, well, he asked all the questions, Chad, he does this, he does that. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't care. Like he doesn't care where this person's from. He doesn't care what this person's name is. He like you can ask those questions, but if you aren't genuinely interested and you're trying to make hey, I'm your buddy, small talk, nobody's going to want to be your buddy. You have to be sincere. You have to actually give a damn about the people that are around you. It's it's one of the things that that really tells me the difference between really good salespeople and really bad ones. The ones that are going to be burned out in a year because they can't get residual sales because nobody likes them. Or they fight really hard and get moved to management real fast. <laughs> That's generally what most of them do. But you 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 have to care. like, And you can't just teach that. It's like walking into a room full of manic depressives and telling everybody to just cheer up. The crap doesn't work. Like you, you have to care. You have to feel it. You have to have something in you that makes you really care. And Maria... Maria slapped me with something. Uh, it was a couple of months ago. Um, I was talking about Ocasio-Cortez. Ocasio-Cortez? How do you pronounce it? Y'all know who I'm talking about. And Maria said, well, do you not think that even though you disagree with her, do you not think that she's in it because she really cares and wants to do better for the world around her. And of course, my 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 initial knee-jerk reaction is no. I believe very, very, very few people in our federal government are even at that level. They are career politicians. They want to be part of the club. 
They want to get the back pockets line, no matter how many of them say they don't want they don't want to do it. I'm not was Barack Obama. The first thing I'm going to do, the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to get rid of lobbyists. There won't be any more lobbyists around D.C. I'll tell you that. They never damn did a damn thing. Lobbyists are still running around. I knew when Obama said that. I knew. I didn't like hold his feet to the fire. I was like, God, you're just spewing crap that you're a politician. This is what you do. But whenever they say that, I, I'm not going to take big government money. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You're going to. But uh, Cortez has run on this whole thing that I, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm going to take private donations. And she did. She got tons of private donations that way. Did very well raising money. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she means it. And the reason why I wonder it is because of something she tweeted the other day. She actually said something about how she can't accept a $100 gift card, but all these other people that get these tax implications can get away with it. You know, what's the deal with that? We need to get rid of this. All right. It was very nice of her. I could tell that was written by her because you could tell by the way that it was typed. You can, if you look at her tweets, you can tell when someone else is, is tweeting them. But um, I was sure that she got some calls from some Democrat colleagues that day. They're like, um, yeah, that's really nice. How about we just, we calm that, you know, let's calm that speech down a little bit. Like I, you've run a great race and that's great. I'm sure you're going to find ways to get money out of government, but let's, let's just, let's just stop that for a little bit. Okay. Just back down off that a little bit because it's not just one side that does it. We all understand. Right. Okay. Um, and I thought about that and I was like, nah, that's pretty dumb, but she types dumb things all the time. And so I was like, okay, you weren't thinking you need to get a publicist, a PR person, somebody, let somebody else hold the phone. Run your tweets past somebody else. Just do it. I know it seems like people are controlling you, but just to have a filter in this day and age. I don't know why. I, I come from, I'm a PR guy in a world that thinks they don't need public relations people anymore, and they need us more than ever. Just to be your filter. for You would think differently of Donald Trump. I swear to you, if there was a PR guy, me, you let him hire me. And I'll just hold the phone, and when he says, Chad, I need you to tweet this for me. Tweet that this guy's a major butthole, and I'm tired of it. And I don't care if he is the prime minister of China. I think he's a butthole. Just put that in Twitter. Okay, well, all right, Mr. President, I think I'll do that. Um, hey, you want to stop and get a burger real quick? Oh, I got this great place. We'll get these burgers. All right, great. Let's go grab a burger. Hey, so uh, that whole butthole tweet that we were talking about before we just had a burger. Um, how about we say this? How about we say we're still in major disputes with him? Uh, disputes. That's, that sounds like a better word than butthole. Yeah, I think we should do that. Like, like, like you have these kind of discussions with folks, you know? I think we could do a lot better. I think we'd have better images of our, of our politicians if we... They used to have it. It was called time. <laughs> As in the clock. Because the only thing that ever reported what they said was either the newspaper or television, and that was greatly watched by the the chief of staff or the press secretary or something like that. Nowadays, no, I can say whatever I want to as fast as my thumbs will type. Will type, I can say whatever the hell I want to. I'm gonna say butthole again. I don't know why it's fun to say butthole. Trump, Trump. Merry Christmas, everybody. By the way, who's listening to this with her grandma in the room? All right, so. I stopped and thought about it for a second. And so, it, it, first of all, don't get me wrong. I don't think she did this on purpose. I was like, God, what a dumb tweet to put out there. But it does show that 
the naivety of this young lady who didn't know the three branches of government before last Thursday, maybe in that passion that there is something that truly wants to change something for the better. If that is the case, I do believe she'll be chewed up and spit out when she does not fall into party lines. Um, It's happened before. It will happen again. Um, Maybe she has got the secret sauce to get around that if she does truly believe it. I don't believe she has got the, she probably has the chutzpah to go up there and do it. But as far as the know-how or the savvy, probably not. They like her now because they can use her. They'll spit her up, chew her out, throw her out the other side. Just the way, hey, listen, just the way the private sector does with our entertainment people like Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus, okay? We, we, we just do that. There's a little South Park reference there. But what if this is a, somebody that really cares? And, and here I am dissing on this poor girl. Um, a lot on Twitter, usually to other people, when she really does care. Now, all right, before you think old Chad's going too soft here, keep in mind she's run for a public she, she's run for a public official. She's she's a government official. She has run for, for public office. She is out there in the crowd. And she is throwing her name out there way more than she needs to. The criticism's gonna come. It's coming. It's coming hard. But maybe before we shun those people, let's sit down and talk with them. Do I think socialism is a good idea? No, I think it's dumb. I don't think it'll work. And I think what you've done is you've gotten elected because you promised a lot of people free stuff. They're not going to get it. It's not going to work. You can't afford it. You can't pay for it. But I'm curious. I'm curious of why you think that will work. I'm curious to see where you think we could go differently than where we've been. Don't just say capitalism bad. Like, let's talk. Maybe there's a path that we haven't seen because you obviously care. You obviously care. So I want to hear it because I care too. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I think has bothered me the most about this year is I have been around people that don't. I've surrounded myself too much with people who truly do not care about the welfare or the goodness of people around them. They say they do, but they don't. And while you think you can use them and you can get what you need in an area, you're just doing the same thing that they do. And you're just making the things within your reach worse. Oh, I'm not going to be voting for her. And don't watch my Twitter too closely because, yeah, I probably will make fun of a few things that she tweets. Hey, again, go get a press secretary. If you want the PR guy to not make fun of you, just go do that. But there is something about seeing people that are out there that care. They care more than just about the X's and O's of what you do. They care about the heart that's behind it. That's what Jay Miller does, man. That's that's what he does. He he sees people. He knows the world they're going into. He knows where it can be vapid. He is trying to breathe life into it. Oh, my God. We need more people like that. Difference between Jay Miller and Ocasio-Cortez, 
Um, Jay knows what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> but the passion. That passion is something that can't be faked. I'm not saying you've got to be the most hyped up about what, what you do. But if you have a passion for something, why are you sitting back saying you can't do it? Why are you sitting back saying that it can't be done by you? Who's to say there's anyone else out there? Do you know another coach in the technology sector that's got a passion for people and an understanding and a knowledge that goes not only in the tech sector, but the but the military sector in hell? The guy's even been a pastor at some homeless places. Tell me the guy doesn't have a heart. How many people do you know like that? What if Jay said he was too busy? The guy just had a damn baby. What if he said he's too busy to go out there and make a difference in somebody's life? He may not realize it, but he has probably been one of the most important things in a handful of people's lives. And I'm lowballing that. If you don't know anything but have the passion, like a, like a certain member of the House of Representatives I've been talking about. I can't believe I've talked about it, but sure. Um, great. Take your passion, but go learn your business and, and, and go out there and do it. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't fake it. People will destroy you. She's going to have a hard time. She's going to have a hard time coming back from a lot of things. Don't fake it. Be sincere, but let that passion guide you. And if you're a guy like Jay that knows it, knows, knows uh, you know, a little about uh, everything and a lot about uh, a, a good number of things and just decided, hey, forget it. Life is fleeting. I'm passionate about this. I want to do this for people and make their lives better. Then, good sir, go into that night and make a damn difference because God knows in today's world we need that. What are you passionate about? What puts that smile on your face? What what do you wish you were getting up and doing in the morning tomorrow? Don't say drinking. And there's no football tomorrow. But what do, what do you wish you were doing? All right. Yeah. Okay. For for it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's the time of year we're going to be around tons of people. They're going to ask you, so what are you doing now? Some of us are going to be embarrassed. Some of us are going to be down. Some of us are going to be in between ideas. Some of us are going to have no answer at all. Some of us are going to wish we had a different answer. But think about this. What would you be the most proud in saying when that family member comes up and says, Hey, so what you doing now? It doesn't matter if they understand it. <laughs> listen to Jerry, uh, Justin Robert Young, listen to him talk about when he decided to go into podcasting full time about what his family thought. <laughs> They're like, so what you doing now? Ah, well, I'm, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> and the looks on their faces. Oh, it's, it's great to hear him tell those stories. What drives you? What are you passionate about? What do you care about? Stop making excuses. Let this be the year you go do it. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. 
Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks again to Jay Miller for being on the show. Go check him out. <laughs> I'm going to do a Dave Chappelle, Ocasio-Cortez. You always have an open seat if you want to come talk. <laughs> Until next week, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. 